I just let God take control of the words and of my time. The story flows so much nicer and um, and I'm usually shocked by the time the story is done. When I go back and I read and I cannot believe that I wrote what I, what I did and I know it's not me, it's God. Hey, it's Billy. I'm glad you're here. Many of us often find ourselves stuck somewhere in the middle of failure and fulfillment, stuck in a limbo of frustration. I believe when we begin to grow our faith with small steps while believing in our big God, we will find peace and contentment. On today's episode of Start Small, Believe Big, we get to hear from author Natalie Walters. Natalie is the author of Carol Award finalist, Living Lies, as well as Deadly Deceit and Silent Shadows. Such scandalous titles. <laughs> They're so intriguing. And Natalie is a military wife. She currently resides in Texas. She's newly back to Texas with her soldier husband and is a proud mom of three adult children. Adults. Let's just call them three adults. <laughs> she has been published in Proverbs 31 magazine and has blogged for guideposts online. Her new novel, Lights Out, is an electrifying thriller that combines romance and intrigue in a global plot line. Lights Out is is book one in the Snap Agency series. Natalie comes from a long line of military and law enforcement veterans and is passionate about supporting them through volunteer work, races, and writing stories that affirm no one is defined by their past. More with Natalie in a minute, but first I want to thank you for listening. All of the Start Small Believe Big episodes, my social media links and email are on my website, billyjouse.com. I would love to hear from you. You also can find links to all of Natalie's books and how to stay in touch with her in today's show notes. Now, let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Welcome, Natalie. I'm so glad to be here. So glad to have you here. And I'll tell you guys a little in secret here. Natalie's sitting in a car in an airport parking lot waiting to take an exciting flight to Washington, D.C. So we're so glad you took time out of your day to be with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I have to go check on the SNAP agency and make sure everybody's following the rules. So I figured I'd I'd, I'd do that. Let's start out with the SNAP agency. So tell us a little bit about your new novel, Lights Out, but also tell us about what the SNAP agency refers to. Oh, the SNAP agency refers to the Strategic Neutralization and Protection Agency. They are a private agency contracted individually by civilians and or government um, to do the things that the government can't take care of. So they get to cut through the red tape of bureaucracy and kind of fix the problems before they make become big problems in the United States. So um, my agency uh, consists of a team of specialists with different individual uh, individual skill sets that together can um, fight crime, kind of like the Avengers, but way more down to earth. <laughs> wow, that just you saying that, like your authority in this is solid. Like I, it just excites me to be able to read, just to learn from you about these governmental agency and all of that. So tell me about Lights Out though. Is there, what is your, what is the theme of the book? Where does the book take you? Who are some of the characters in the book? So Lights Out starts with um, the team leader of the SNAP agency, which is Jack Hudson. And he um, 
is, so I guess I'll start with how he becomes involved. There is a CIA um, officer, Bryn Taylor, who has decided amongst in her career in the, in the agency that the only way to fight global terrorism is to do that in a joint effort with allied nations. So she comes up with a program and invites several uh, key members from the intelligence, foreign intelligence agencies into the United States uh, for this training a uh, couple of weeks. And in the process of that, one of those intelligence officials, uh, foreigners, goes missing. An Egyptian spy goes missing in the U.S. So she is, you know, got to find this guy. This this can't happen to have a, a you know a foreign spy lost in the United States somewhere. Yeah. Uh. So she um, is assigned to the SNAP agency because of her career in the CIA. They can't exactly operate in the United States. So she's going to need the help of the SNAP agency and is paired up with Jack Hudson, who just happens to be her ex-boyfriend from their time when they were training to become CIA operatives. So 10 years later, she's now forced to work with the very man she betrayed to be able to find the foreign spy before a disasterly plot happens against the UN, uh, the United States and its allies. Okay. Electrifying thriller was perfect wording to explain this book. I am so excited about this book. What type of research did you, I know that you have military family, your husband's in the military, like, but what type of research did you have to do to put this entire plot together? Well, this was actually a really exciting story for me to do because we have, we've got lots of friends in different agencies. We've been stationed in Washington, D.C. So we've got, uh, you know, friends who we've met over the years and they all come from different agencies. And this story actually started when one of our friends was telling us a story about how they had foreign, you know, foreign members of, of that agency in the country. And one of them went missing for oh, a weekend. Yeah. And so I was like, this is the, I mean, they did find the person, they did send the person back to their, to their country. Um, but I was like, this is great. What, what, what could happen? Like, what was he doing? Where, where did he go? And so that was sort of the catalyst to what got me started on this particular story. And then my husband and I, our family was stationed in Egypt, uh, about two weeks we got there before the Arab spring happened. So we were there during the revolution. And so we got a kind of an insider peek on what kind of conspiracy theories were happening, how the government was kind of crumbling from the inside, you know, that type of thing. And so I was able to kind of use that experience and be able to put that into my story. And then anywhere where I had um, questions about, uh, you know, operations for different federal agencies, we I was able to reach out to friends and they were able to give me some help. So if anybody reads the dedication of Lights Out, they will see that I dedicated it to all of the unnamed men and women from the several different agencies who were able to help me make this, this series and this book the best that it could be. Wow, that is super cool. <laughs> that just, it's so out of my realm of understanding. I'm so intrigued by it. You talked about earlier your female protagonist, Bren Taylor, and she's a CIA analyst, you said. Yes. And she seems like she's a boss lady, like she's used to being in control. So, yes. <laughs> So what does she learn as she has to release that control and and possibly learn to trust others? Like, what is it that you want readers to learn through her process? So for, for Bryn, she comes, so Bryn's got some history 
her um, father was a fire department, uh, was in the fire department in New York during 9-11. So he was injured. And because of that, he, you know, he survived, but he was injured and she kind of had to live with that uncertainty and having to kind of step up and take over certain things in her life. So for her controlling things, whether her career or whatever it was, the way to keep things safe and stable so that there would not be any uncertainty left in her life. And so she's learned to trust herself and realize that like, if she trusts others, she's opening herself up to the possibility of being either let down or hurt or having uncertain things happen to her life. So in the course of this story, she has to, she realizes that she's got to have to trust Jack and his team to be able to help her. And by doing that, not only does she discover that she's not alone in this world, but that even in the times where it's uncertain, when you have that family of friends and supporters to help you, it makes getting through it that much easier. Yeah, that's really cool. Who's your favorite character in the book? Oh gosh, that's really hard because I've got a great team. Oh, it's like you're either a part of every one of them or you're friends with every one of them. It's like picking your favorite child, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're all so unique. So Jack Hudson, he's he's very like, um, you know, he's a great leader. He sees the qualities in, in each of his team members and knows how to like get them to encourage them to do their best in their jobs. Um but I have like a couple of quirky characters. I have Keikoa Young, which is a Hawaiian cyber analyst, a cyber techie. And um, he's great fun. He's just, he's, he um, has a great personality, very loud, loves to eat. And then I have um, uh, Nicholas Garcia, who is a explosive ordnance disposal officer or a former officer in the, in the army. He's very quiet and subdued. Um, and Uh, And then I have Lila, who's the youngest of the team, and she comes from a a wealthy, well-connected family. So she kind of has the network of friends to get when they need to get something done. That's who goes to her. But she's she's quirky and fun and and kind of sassy and um and is just kind of a fireball. But but I guess I think I love I love them all. I don't know if I could pick one. Yeah. It sounds like it. it sounds like you really connected with each of them, which is fun when you're reading an author that you can really tell that the author connects with each one, really loves each of the characters they have, even though you love to hate some characters sometimes, I think. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other interviews I've done with author with authors of fiction. But um, so this is one in four of a series. One in three. One in three. I'm sorry. Yeah. So this is your fourth book though, right? This is my fourth book. Yes. Okay. Fourth book, but this is one in three in the Snap Agency th- uh, series. Yes. So when do the next two books come out? So book number two will release um, the summer of 2022. Okay. And then book number three will release the spring of 2023. Great. That way we don't have to wait too long to know what yeah. happens next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what are some other things that you're working on? Are you now working on those two books and nothing else? Or are there other things that you're working on? So I have, um, I had book two, I just turned in, I've got the galley edits on that. So I'm working on the, on galley edits for book two. I'll start book number three in November, but I did do the teaser chapter to get that into book two for readers if they like to read those. Um, yeah. and, but I'm also working on a novella collection with uh, Lynn Blackburn and Lynette Eason. And it's, um, we don't, we don't have a confirmed title yet, 
um, at least that I can say or, or, or release or whatever, but um, it's basically a target. It's targeted um, in its uh, plot line. So each of the characters are targeted for one reason or the other. But the fun part about it is that they're minor characters that were in our previous um, or in our current series, and now they get their own kind of story. So mine will have, yeah, mine will have um, a character from my first series, the Harvard Secret series, and then a new character from the Snap Agency series. So I'll actually be able to combine the two uh, with that. So it's really fun. That sounds so exciting too. That's awesome. All right. Some of the people that listen to this podcast are actually aspiring authors. And I always love to give just a tidbit of advice, a golden nugget of something that you would tell someone that has an aspiration of writing a novel. What is one thing that you feel like every first time author starting out needs to know? Um. So I was, you know, as I think I've had this question before and it's kind of, you know, you're thinking like, okay, well, do I tell people to read books because reading books is the best way to like learn how to, you know, to to learn how to write and the rhythm of writing. Of course, that's a great, um, a great tip. But as you were saying that something kind of like, I guess it could be a God thing popped into my head. And I think it is to connect with other authors. Even Mm -hmm. if you're an aspiring writer or aspiring author, you're a writer connect with the authors that you enjoy and love because the more you connect with them, I feel like the more um, community you're building and that's going to help you when you're getting ready to cross from, you know, writer into author. I I know um, it's not the end goal to be like, Oh, I'm going to make friends with this author so that they can help me or whatever. But I remember I, And even now, if someone was asking, I'm a reader first. I love reading stories. I have favorite authors. Um, And so I connected with them through social media, you know, read their books, did reviews on their books, talked about their books, took pictures with their books, and, you know, just kind of interacted with them. And so then when I took that big step and I got into the, you know, into the author world and I was like, oh, I would, you know, would y'all mind sharing about my story? They were so kind and so, you know, just genuine about, yeah, we'll share about your book. And it wasn't, the intention was never to have that happen. It just naturally fostered a friendship. And I will say that I, there's so many friendships that I have based off that. I think sometimes authors feel like this is a a competition and I would just, you know, just remind authors and writers that it's not a competition. We're all here to glorify the Lord with our words. And if we take the competition part out of it, it's just really a fun community where we can support one another and in, in, in an art form that is so fun and entertaining. And just, it's just a great delight. Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. This is not a competition. It really is about glorifying the Lord through our words. Yes. It's in a podcast or a book or whatever it may be that it's all in glorifying the Lord. So who are a couple of your favorite authors? Are they also thriller type writers or do you go the more romance (laughs) way or where do you go? Not all of them. So I would say like one of my um, favorite thriller authors is Joel Rosenberg. Love his stories. Auto buy for me. I will, I will. um, And his are intense, but I would say I do tend to gravitate towards uh, contemporary romance. I love Becky Wade. She's such a great author. Um, I Really enjoy Melissa Tag and um, Joanna Politano. I like uh, Jamie Jo Wright. They've yeah. kind of write. She kind of writes gothic um, 
and time splits and um and I think um yeah I think those are probably like my top my top ones that I'll always like auto buy their books but um so I love so what what book do you have in your backpack that you're taking on the plane I have Joanna Politano's new story um it's the one with the ballet dancer I'm terrible I'm sorry. I shouldn't have put you, I did not (laughs) warn you about this question. I just like to, I love to read and I love to hear what other people are reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I have it. I have it with me. I just have to pull it out of my back because I have it ready to go so that I can read it. But I definitely will um, show. It's so good. Uh, A Midnight Dance. I don't know. Midnight Dance. Yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it a great deal. That is awesome. Well, I just, I'm so excited about the new book coming out, the new books that will be coming up following up this on this series and also your older books. We're going to have all of those links in the show notes um, so that people can connect with you on social media, on your website, and also the links of where to buy the books. Natalie, one more question. And this is a question I want to ask at the end, um, sort of putting it back to where we talk about start small, believe big in the podcast. What small beginning have you resisted only to let go and allow God to take you where he desired? Oh, um, I would say probably, probably with, with, with writing. Um, I think when I first started going, um, to conferences, I felt like it was all in my hands that I had to like, make sure I met all the right people, make sure I had the perfect pitch, make sure I had the perfect story. Um, and even to this day, when I sit down and write in my head, I'm always like, I want it to be perfect. I want it to be to be, you know, the best that it can be. And then that really makes it hard. It makes me stumble and it makes it feel like it's forced. And I've only learned and not, I'm not saying only like just recently, it's a constant learning situation with every new day, but that if I just let it go to God, if I just let God take control of the words and of my time, the story flows so much nicer. And, um, and I'm usually shocked by the time the story is done, when I go back and I read and I cannot believe that I wrote what I, what I did. And I know it's not me, it's God. Like there's no, there's no other explanation other than that. And I, I do have a real quick story about that on my third book. I remember when I sent my third book to my editor and I cried, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the worst story I've ever written. It's horrible. And I sent it to her and we were traveling uh, to the mainland because we were living in Hawaii at the time. And I got to the mainland and it was like a Friday evening and we were going to eat at Panera. I won't forget. I had a Greek salad and I got an email back from my editor and she was like, I could not stop reading it. It's the best story I've read. I'm so happy. And I cried in my Greek salad because I was like, (laughs) I don't know what she read. I don't know what happened from the time I hit enter that it like flew over to her, her inbox. It had to have been God's hand on that story because I was just, I, I had like, there's no way I could have taken credit for what she was able to, what she read. So totally a God moment. He always Uh, amazes me. I love that. He is, he's an amazing God that can definitely, uh, push words through our fingers that we never knew that we could write. So yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Natalie, so much for being on the Start Small Believe Big podcast. It has been a great honor to have you here. And I'm so excited about your book. 
Thank you so much, Billy. It's, this was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Good, good. Guys, uh, the links to Lights Out, all of Natalie's books, ways to stay in touch with her will all be in the show notes. And before we go, I do want to ask if all of you listening could help out with the show. Subscribe to the Start Small, Believe Big podcast where you listen. Leave an honest review of the podcast so that other people can find what may interest them. And if you have a friend that you think this podcast may bless, please let them know. And remember, you can find all the previous episodes, my social media links, all of that on my website, billyjouse.com. I pray this podcast has encouraged you to allow Jesus to work in and through your life, one step, decision, and action at a time. Thank you for joining us today on the Start Small, Believe Big podcast. I hope you're back next week for another episode. Now, let's not resist that small beginning, but persist in the next thing God is calling us to. Be blessed, my dear friends. Until next time.